given us a word. Amen. Hallelujah. In uh, 2 Timothy verse uh, 3, or chapter 3, verse 16 to 17. I'll start on verse uh, 16. And uh, the word reads, All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. Verse 17, that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. Praise the Lord. Let's uh let's just say a quick word unto the Lord that he bless this word unto us and let it do its work. Um if we take anything out of the word or put anything in, there's great consequences. So I'm I'm asking that the Lord bless my heart and my soul, and my mind, that uh it stays within the word and within his love and his grasp, his grace, and his wonderful presence. So I just want to pray real quick. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for your word. I love you, Father, for the people you have brought here, for my brothers and sisters. I love you, Jesus. Use me in the mighty ways that you have used me in the past. I love you, Jesus. I worship you and only you. You are my God. You are my King, my Savior. I ask you, Lord, that you bless all our hearts. Bless us with your wonderful wisdom. Open our hearts and minds. Let your wisdom flow according to your way. In the name of Jesus, I pray and ask, and I thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. God is great. He's good, and he's wonderful. He hasn't forgotten us. We can have a seat now, please. And uh, I just, uh, we can keep our minds on this particular verse and how wonderful the Word of God is in instruction in righteousness, and how it leads us spiritually. And uh, if we take any part of this word and change it to suit our needs, we have to remember that there is a consequence. And uh, it, is, it is a written, it is instruction, and uh, it's, in, it's an inspired word of God. All of it is. And uh, it, it's not just one person's mind uh, going awry and telling us we need to do this or need to do that. We need to remember that it is sacred and that it is a promise. There's so many promises in here about how God's going to bless us, how he warns us, how he changes us, how he gives us a righteous life. I'll tell you, uh, I was telling Pastor before uh, we started services that I, I didn't think I was going to make it and... Uh, on Sunday, I didn't think I was going to make it, and uh, there's just things that happen in our lives, and uh, when I tell people, oh, I'm not going to make it to church today, and you know, my word might not mean anything, but when God says you're going to church, you're going to church, amen. So I, my thing was, is I told my son, and my son was like, uh, yeah, okay, dad, but I couldn't break a bolt loose on, on the vehicle I was fixing my own. And uh, I just, I couldn't find a way to break it loose. And, and I told my son, I'm not going to church. And uh, about maybe five minutes later, I went to try that bolt again one more time. And it broke loose. It came loose, you know. And 
My son says, Dad, looks like you're going to church. <laughs> I love God. He does things like this to allow us to understand we're not in charge of our own destiny, but we need to be a witness unto those people around us, whether it be our son, whether it be a friend, whether it be our neighbor. And again, today, a, my car wasn't going to start. And I'm like, Lord, I got to call pastor. Here, I got I to do certain things to prepare just in case it doesn't work. Again, my own words, you know. I'm taking my own idea of what's about to take place, and I'm not considering who's in charge. I, I know God loves me, and I know God would not allow me to miss a day at church, and he wouldn't allow you either. So if you can find a way and you can find the time, you make it to church on Sunday. You make it to church on Wednesday. Thank you for being here. Thank you for watching online. God will bless you. God will take care of you. God will hold you. He, will pro- he promises that he'll never leave or forsake us. So I don't even understand being in the church. I mean, there was a, a good, you know, hiatus time that I was in a lot of pain and going through some medical issues uh, the past year. And, and I lost focus of this word. I lost focus of what God had told me, what he promised me, what he, he had showed me, what he took me out of this world. And he says, I've got you. Don't worry about a thing. I've got your back, son. Oh, it's so lonely, Lord, though. It's, I, all I'm doing is reading the word, and I, I see what you're doing in my life. I see what you're doing in the people around me and my neighbors, and you're blessing them, and you're taking care of them. But I, but I feel like I don't have friends because that's the one thing that you miss the most is that relationship with the different people that you used to know back in the world, and those are the people you, you miss. And what I got, had to understand is that I... I needed that true love. I needed that. It's, it's not even all about emotion, and I'm learning that now, is that God is teaching me how to be a better preacher, to show the emotions. They're great, but what is better is his word. To pass his word on to the next, next soldier that he's preparing. That's all we're going to be doing. We're going to preach to our neighbors. We're going to preach to those who are, are sinners, those that are lost in the world, those that need to know the truth and what God has already prepared. We don't have to change the word. We just need to make it known. We need to share it. We need to tell those that are in the world, hey, look, I, I, I was speaking to someone today. Her, their son was out of control, and they had to go see a psychiatrist because they didn't know what to do anymore. They end up, the son ended up moving to the, the uh, grandparents' home. But what, what was burning inside of me was wanting to break open the word and let this person know that the freedom is available. The one thing I told that person was that God will take care of it. And if that's the only seed I could drop at that moment, pretty soon I know God's going to open the door for more to be poured in. So I thank God that he's given me these opportunities. He does the same for us all. We all have those same opportunities. And what's great about that is it's more, it's more, uh, I would say, uh, it's readily available. Those opportunities are always around the corner, no matter what. I, I, I don't think of it that much, but after it's all said and done, I witnessed to him, and I'm like, wait a minute. 
God just used me. Huh, this is amazing, you know? And it always, it, it just throws me back to think that it doesn't take much to plant a seed in a person. It doesn't take much to put hope in someone that is so lost in the world. Now, this person that I was talking to gave up. They're seeing a psychiatrist. That's pretty much given up because they haven't turned to God. And if I just, by setting that in motion in that person's life, I thank God that I was able to do that. But there are so many other people in this world that have lost hope, that have lost their kids or lost, you know, even uh, family members, adults, aunts, uncles, all that. It just, they need to remember where they came from also. The Word of God has given us so much information as to how to uh, implement love, trust, and give them hope, but not by our own hands, not by our own thoughts, not by our own thoughts, but by God's, his grace, gracious words, so loving, so kind, so considerate. What's so amazing is that even Jesus used parables. They don't know right away what kind of words you're going to use or how you're going to put them. But only God does. And that's what's so amazing about it. I, I'm here hindering God's work by telling myself and having doubt that God's going to bring me to the church to, to, to give his word. And what we need to do is stop thinking of our own problems or our own issues and allow God to work even when it's dark. Even when the storm is stirring up, even when there's, it doesn't seem like there's any hope, but God has made a way. He's always made a way. And that's what's so incredible about our Father in heaven. He loves us. He hasn't forgotten us. He hasn't forsaken us. And he continues to use us. Even when we don't want it, (laughs) God will bring it to us. He's amazing. And that I know for a fact because... and I'm not going to lie. I was kind of hoping I could skip out on this. <laughs> Pastor. <laughs> but it was only because I didn't feel like I was prepared. But what's, again, what's so amazing, it's not what I know, what I can do. It's what God can do in me, through me. And if I can share that, I let you know you can do the same. You can do the same, brothers. You're just, if you've just been baptized, it doesn't matter. You can do the same. You can bring someone to Jesus. You can tell them and say, look, I was just baptized. Do you know what that does for an individual? That means that God hasn't given up on anybody out there, that there's hope. And if you could spread hope in this this empty world out there, you could change so many lives. That one life that you, you tell about hope and that you were baptized and that there's still a living God doing and performing miracles in your life, They may not seem like miracles at this moment, but as time goes, you'll begin to see the miracles, experience the change, a world, an infinite amount of love that he gives you, and it shows up as miracles. I mean, honestly, my my heavenly father hasn't forgotten my son, and it's like I witnessed in front of him about the bolt not breaking loose, but he, he tells me, oh, apparently... Jesus wants you to go to church. So that sits in his heart, and he knows now 
wait, Jesus still wants you. He, that means he still wants me. So there's chance for my son now. He, he knows. That's a seed that was dropped in his heart. And I thank God that wasn't me. That was God. I didn't have to be negative about it, you know. It may seem negative to me, but God uses those, those as miracles. And it's, it's a miracle to me that, you know, because I know God. I know God's never left me alone, and I know he's always been there. Even when it was darkest, even when I was the most sickest, he was always there telling me, just pray. Ask me to help you through it. And all I would have to do is get up. And, and these moments of pain that I would have would occur around 2, 3, 4, 5 o'clock in the morning. And every hour I would just say, Lord, just please help me get through this. Help me. I just need you to hold me through this. I need to fight through this with you. I can't do it alone, God. And he would, he would hold me. And it felt like I was being cradled in his arms as I, I went back to sleep. And, it, of course, it's only an hour amount of anything for me was worth more than just an hour. It was worth a lot to me because if it wasn't for God, I would go to something else. Because he wasn't answering my prayers, the miracle wasn't there, and I would have to—I I would, I would think of other other ways of of going back to sleep or trying to go back to sleep. And I was a terrible alcoholic, and that was five years ago. And I thank God He took that out of my heart and out of my head. But this flesh is something different; it, it doesn't want pain. And if there's a way to get away from pain, hey. There's, there's so many different chemicals in this world nowadays that it's, it, it'll block your mind and, and make you think of, of, other, of just giving up on God. I thank God that he was there for me those nights. And I thank God for all the small things he does in my life to encourage me to encourage someone else. And we can continue to do that. That's our job in this world. And I thank God for that. In Matthew's uh, chapter 13, verse 24, a par- another parable put he forth unto them, saying, The kingdom of heaven is like unto a man which sowed good seed in his field. In the same chapter, verse 31, he told them another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed, which a man took and planted in the in his field and i tell you this is the mustard seed that we plant is faith in other people that they can trust in god that they can put hope in what they what we believe they see our lives we are a witness we are testimony unto to what goes on in this world and they need to understand that there is hope and love in our hearts for them and they're not alone i tell you there's there's miracles all around us. I have a unique job, and it puts me in the lives of different people. Um, I had to share that experience with Pastor, and he came and volunteered to help me because I was I was still sick, and he came and helped. Uh, I tell you, it was a blessing. But he got to experience this uniqueness these people they're lost in this world 
and some are lost in different things other than just the world. And there was a, a military man. There was other people who believe in different religions. There was, and I could feel the yearn Pastor had that he wanted to save them from themselves. I, I'm faced with that daily every time I see them like this certain individual that I had to talk to today, fighting with their son and having to deal with it and couldn't cope with it anymore and had to go see a psychiatrist. I would love to take those people into my arms and tell them there's a better way. There's this truth that you need to know. Have you tried Jesus yet? Have you turned away from this world and committed your life to a wonderful God who's put this kingdom in our grasp. We don't deserve it. It brings me to my knees a lot about how how gracious God is. He is. It's a reckless love. It's so reckless. I mean, I can't imagine giving my son up for sacrifice and then expect people in the world to to turn to the cross and accept that wonderful Savior, Jesus, to allow that to change their lives. It's such a significant meaning to allow God to, to move in someone's life. And uh, I really wish I could have changed that person's life at that moment. And I'll tell you, I know there are times that I could, I can see it in pastor's eyes too. If I can only do this or I can only do that, but we got to have that soldier mentality. No matter what it takes, we're going to fight for them. We're going to pray with them. We're going to ask them, hey, can I pray for you? That's my next step. That's my next step, step for this individual. And I'm, I'm doing that more often now. I'm finding that it is essential to take on the responsibility of other people's needs. Not just as a minister, but as a brother, as a sister, as, as a loving friend who honestly cares. They don't have to throw money at me. I, I, I don't understand it. I tell them, no, that's not what I'm trying to do. They're like, no, no, please take this. Please take this. And I know what it is. It's God filling their hearts with hope, with love, with emotions, with so much fire. They feel that cup, that capacity that's overflowing. If we can grab those that are lost and give them hope and an understanding of what the word of God tells all of us to do. It's to love Jesus first. Put God first. The first commandment. For he is our father in heaven. We shouldn't have any other gods before him. We need to love him first. And we need to share that with those people in this world. And they hear it. Oh, yeah, God's my favorite. God, I trust God. God this and God that. And then they tell you, oh, well, you know, but it's got to be my way. It's like, oh, no, that's not what the Bible says. Jesus says, give it all. And if you don't give it all, you might as well turn the other way. 
Don't give it. Don't be half lukewarm. Oh, my. This world is in trouble. Hallelujah. I put a, a verse, and I just, for me, it's more of a, an inspiring word. It goes hand in hand with the message that God has given us. Jesus is the message. We need to become the messengers. And there are so many different ways that God even gave messages to a king called David. In Second Samuel, verse 12, verse reads, And the Lord sent Nathan unto David, the messenger, the messenger. And he came unto him and said unto him, There were two men in the city, the one rich and the one the other poor. The rich man had exceeding many flocks and herds, but the poor man had nothing save one little ewe lamb, which he had bought and nourished up, and it grew up together with him and with his children. It did eat of his own meat and drank of his own cup and lay in his bosom and was unto him as a daughter. And there came a traveler unto the rich man, and he spared to take of his own flock and of his own herd and dress for the, the wayfaring man that was come unto him but took the poor man's lamb and dressed it up for the man that was come to him. And David, David's anger was greatly kindled against the man. And he said to Nathan, as the Lord liveth, the man that hath done this thing shall surely die. And he shall Restore the lamb fourfold because he did this thing and because he had no pity. And Nathan said to David, thou art that the, the man. Thus saith the Lord of Israel, I anoint thee king over Israel, and I delivered thee out of the hands of Saul. And I gave thee thy master's house and thy master's wives into thy bosom, and gave thee the house of Israel and of Judah. And if that had been too little, I would moreover have given unto thee such and such things. If you understand what the message was and what he had done, David, it was a terrible sin that he took his best man's wife and had a child. God took that child. 
And David had to suffer because of the message that was delivered to him because it was the truth. He had to become the man that was rich and took what, what was so little of Uriah. We have Bathsheba's in our lives who try to trick us. But I don't think that it was all her fault either. But a man's heart that led him the wrong direction. It's our flesh. We have a tendency of lying to ourselves, thinking we can get away with certain things. I thank God that he gave me an opportunity to think about it and not call pastor. God is awesome that way. He takes scripture. He applies it to your life and what you can do in it, what you can change, or what you allow him to change. Jesus Christ in your life is a lot more awesome than your own opinions and in your own thoughts, your own conclusions. They don't mean nothing to God. I thank God that I'm able to stand today and give you the word and allowed to ponder on my own thoughts and think of how easy it is for some people to have hope in this world. We don't need to be afraid. We can, get, we can gain all the hope and all the love and all what God gives us just by reading this wonderful word. The scripture has given us so much truth, so much life. He talks about the flood and how he saved his people. The rest of the world was wicked. It talks about Adam and Eve, that he gave them a chance. Even after Abel was dead, Cain ran off, but he cursed him. That just shows you God will give you a chance. He could have took his life right then and there. We run in this world in sin, and we think that we can run and hide. (laughs) Adam and Eve thought they could hide in the Garden of Eden, cutting some bushes down, thinking it was going to be okay to hide behind some bushes. (laughs) Again, our own opinion doesn't mean nothing to God. Jesus has a way, and it was his sacrifice. A lamb had to die to clothe them from their sins. In order for God to forgive them, blood had to be spilt. That's what the baptism is all about. It's so wonderful what God does in our hearts. Allows this word to change us and strengthen us. And gives us wisdom. I, it's so amazing. And I, I will be honest with you. That wasn't even a, a part of the note. That's God. Second Samuel, verse 12. What David was told by Nathan, the prophet. I've read it. I've read it time and time again. I've heard it preached before. And what I, I did is I, I just added in there because I thought it was, it had an impression in my heart and I thank God for clearing it up for me. (laughs) That's our God. That's our amazing God. That isn't me. It's not my knowledge. It's what God put in my heart. And I thank God for the wisdom he gives me to interpret this word and to allow me to, to teach not just my brothers and sisters, 
but those that are lost in the world, they need to know about Abraham, Moses, and they need to know about the three little Jewish guys that denied uh, Nebuchadnezzar the right of worship that they would uh, rather burn. And that was, that's an amazing story, too. <laughs> they didn't take this world and accept any of it. They bowed not in front of any, for any other God, any idols. They knew what the commandments said. But it was three young Jewish boys. It's so incredible to think that the rest of all the, the followers and believers that were captive from Nebuchadnezzar, and uh, just, it's so amazing. And Daniel was teaching them. So when Daniel goes into the lion's den, it's like, that's an amazing story too because he could have given up too, but he prayed. It's so amazing how God teaches us that all we have to do is ask for forgiveness, which David did at this point in time. He knew he should have died. After these words were spoken to him, Nathan was a true prophet, and God hasn't stopped yet. God's not done with this world. God's not done with any of us. And I thank God that he chose us to be here tonight to hear this word and to be a part of his blessings and to be a part of the future of the kingdom that is to come. And we are a part of that kingdom. And I thank God for that. Every moment, every day, every waking day, I know that I'm a part of that kingdom. You were invited into the kingdom, brother. Brother. Brother Ken, God bless you. Seek the word. The word will set that free. My brother Ed and everybody else in this place, God bless you. God is wonderful. He is going to bless this church and the people of the church. His move is going to be strong and magnificent. And uh, if we, uh, we allow God to work in our lives and we listen when he calls on us, I've been doing a lot more listening instead of complaining because my flesh was in so much pain and I'm like, Lord, there's no way I can do this. There's no way I can do this. He's like, I'm not asking you to do it. He said, just give me the vessel. I want the flesh. That's it. You don't have to be a part of it. I said, Lord, I don't want to be a part of it. I want to go home. (laughs) I want to go to heaven. I want to be home. This isn't my home. Let's not set our hearts upon the things of this world. God is our future. God is for our for our lives. He is today, tomorrow, and forever. He's, he's Alpha and Omega. And what's so interesting about the word is that he, he is in every word, every part of the word of God. The Bible was intended for us to be in his presence. I, I think about it all the time. Um, I don't have the scripture, but it, it does say it. When Moses brought the people out of Egypt, they brought, he brought them to this place under, under Mount Zion, and I saw a picture of Mount Zion, and the top of this mountain is black, soot black, and there's nothing you, you think of that you could light a match on top of a candle. <laughs> it's impossible. I think of how powerful our God is. He who created the world, 
created that mark to let people know that he is real. There are so many things uh, that just back up the truth of the word. And they hid it from the people because they're trying to keep people from going to that one real true God. And I thank God that he came and pulled me out of a dark place in my life that I can that I can be blessed and that I can be a blessing unto this world. I love Jesus. I have one last verse. In closing, if we could stand and I know God is going to bless us. The higher purpose church is going to be used and anointed by God. There's only one way of, of, of putting it, that we have to be ready. In uh, Revelations chapter 1, verse 11, it says, saying, I am Alpha and Omega, the first and the last. And what thou say, seest, write it in a book and send it unto the seven churches which are in Asia, unto Ephesus, and unto Samaria, or Smyrna, and unto Pergamos, and unto Tyra, and unto Sarbia, Sarbis, and unto Philip, Philippa, uh, Philadelphia, and unto Laodicea. And what so on, I, I was wondering when I was saved what I should do. When God was talking to me, when I was fasting, and when I was asking God, what do I need to do? How do I need to do it? And I brought this question to Pastor, very wise man. He told me, write it down. We need to write down the things that God does for us as a testimony as to those people out in this world to remind us. Because there are a lot of things that we can't remember. There's things that I can't remember five years ago that he did for me. But there's a lot more that I want to be doing. And that's writing it down so that way there is evidence. God told him to write it down. So if you could write down the day that God did something for you, well, no matter how small it is, no matter how big it is, these little testimonies I give you, I want to write them down. I got to write them down because that is God. God works in our lives. God's going to do things in this place. When those things happen, we have to, we have to glorify him. We have to give him the glory. We got to show God that we trust him, that we love him, and that we need him. And that no matter what happens in our lives, he's in charge. God's in charge. I love you, Jesus. Thank you for this night. If we can go in prayer, just, you know, where you're at now. And uh, thank the Lord for such a, a great move. So much love and understanding. He didn't have to stop and, and allow us to have this time. You know, uh, there's a war going on out there, guys. And it's not against Russia, America, or anybody like that. That devil's out there. He's mad. He wants to see who he can take, uh, take his leg, you know. He's, he wants to swipe the leg. and He doesn't want you walking around talking to nobody. He doesn't want you to be faithful to the word. He doesn't want you to pray. I'm telling you right now, 
he might be vicious. He's showing his fangs. He might be all angry and whatnot. But you just got to let him know you got the full armor of the Lord on. And that you're going to bless those who bless you and then bless those that don't bless you. Those are your enemies in this world. Allow God to work in you. Let's thank the Lord. Hallelujah, Lord. We love you, Jesus. We want you to do what you do the best. You are an amazing God. We love your word. We love